Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? That's good for our January here in Indiana. We always start off with a little bit of weather, mm-hmm. and Indiana sucks right now, so gray days every day. I had a little bit of a light on Cold Sunday, and, and I was happy, but that's it. You know. So my week's been yep. a bit. Of, yeah, it's about right. And, and I, I got to uh, Star Trek Discovery ended this week, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's January. But uh, this Friday comes the WandaVision show, so I'm a little excited about that. Oh, yeah. 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 Wanda, Wanda Vision. Some new, uh, Disney, some new stuff. Disney Plus put out a thing. They they have a series now called Legends. Um, it mm. is Legends of Tomorrow. No, not quite. Uh, it is. What's that Netflix show called? Is that right? It's Leg- oh yeah, it's Legends of Tomorrow Legends. is is that Netflix? Yes, yeah. CW or something. Like yeah, that. Netflix, uh, uh, Marvel. Yeah, or no, that's DC, dude. It's totally. It's part of the You're right. Arrowverse that, and all that. That's not Netflix. The Netflix one is called Defenders. Defenders. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. The Legends is... of Tomorrow one is the is the Arrowverse with Flash Correct. and Supergirl from the CW. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm missing. I'm mixing up my uh, crappy comic book high school drama. Shows. I, wa- I wonder if you would like that one. The The Legends of Tomorrow. I watched like two seasons of it, and it's uh, the best part about it. I think, and everyone who you read about it will tell you, is that. If you watch the first season, it totally loses every single person who wants it to be a real show. Like anyone who wants it to be a real show doesn't make it past like episode mm. five or six. They're, okay. they're, they're so totally it's, done. So it's jokey, funny, yes. kind of? Kind of, yes. I see. Like they, they do That's things true, that are completely I could, I could see that being good because the things, the things that bothered me that kept, you know... I always say I watched two and a half seasons of Arrow and half a season of Flash. I stuck with Arrow because starting with with season three, they did these crossovers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's cool. Yeah, you know, change I, I it agree. up, get some new characters yeah. in yep. here. But it did not make either of those shows good enough for me to keep watching 45 minute. I agree. You know, comic book dramas. Right. Now, to be fair, I only watched the first seasons of uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones as well so the whole the whole genre for me doesn't work unless it's really unless there's something that really holds me um in that not necessarily genre but format yeah um it's just a lot if it's not it's a lot of time to sit and watch if if i don't really enjoy it um and the the flash and arrow shows were very like they took themselves very seriously, but were also pretty bad. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, you can't, like, Jessica Jones and Daredevil were both, and uh, I said they were both high school shows, and obviously those shows aren't about high schoolers. Right. But they, They're um, like high school audience, right? Co- comic book TV shows, yeah, high high school audience, or yeah. uh, shonen, as we say, in uh, or seinen in, uh, in anime. But um, the, the Netflix shows had writing to justify their like very serious tone right where the Arrowverse shows like sometimes stuff was serious but a lot of times it was just dumb relationship right but they but they 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 kind of felt like they were wanting you to take them seriously right like Mm -hmm. that's the worst part is that they weren't sure they weren't sure switch back and forth right so so it was it, it was difficult now legends of tomorrow does it like it, it? It knows what it is. Now it's not. It's not like a comedy, 
I should I know we called it comedy a minute ago, but okay. it's not comedy. It's just it knows that it's over the top absurdity uh, kid stuff, right? And it and it leans heavy yeah. into it. it. It tries no in no way, shape, or form to make sense with like, oh, there are time travel rules, and now we're gonna, you know, you can't do this because that episode does this. Like, no, they next week they will contradict themselves intentionally, and then they'll look at the camera and say mm-hmm. like, man, that couldn't have happened, right? You know, or something like that, and then look away. Uh, so that could be that could be entertaining. Yeah, and that's why people like it a whole lot. You know, and then it just hmm. I guess as the seasons go on it leans more heavily into it. There's one where they like when they go back in time, they go to the sixties and they all dress up like, you know, hippies and stuff. Which just like let's of see course, these characters as hippies, right? Uh, right. So I you know, I I I kinda dug that. I think I read the reviews of that and I was like, Okay, I'm good. I gotta know this that's what it is right off and um it, it made it viewing it a little bit easier. Not le- a little bit easier. It was easy. It's just not. It's not like an arrow thing, like or a flash. You know. Right. So. Have Have I told you about? And I probably have, but I've have I told you about an anime called uh, My Hero Academia? Yes, I watched. I think I watched some of it. Sid watched some of it. She stopped watching it because it was on. It when she was watching it was on Netflix, and then mm. it stopped being on Netflix and went to Crunchyroll, and she can't handle right. um, commercials. Sure, sure. That, that was her total thing. Yeah, I just started season four of that show, and it's really good. It's yeah. uh, it's shown in anime, which is um, sort of, I th- I think the word roughly translates to like middle school boy. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's it's kind of the difference between. Let me think of some Western examples here, like. Um, Oh, what did what did we just watch? Like maybe Willow okay. or or Legend, uh, and those are both movies from the eighties. So maybe that's not a great example, but like like E. T. would maybe be a shonen movie, yeah, and and something like Jurassic Park maybe is sane and sane is slightly older, like more like high school age okay um although the the shonen genre of anime also includes with it these um sort of archetypes where the stories are very light on romance yeah and and have a lot of focus on like tests and um like tournaments and and competition of some kind like um Dragon Ball Z oh, right. yeah, yeah. is the example everybody's heard of. Um and if you've seen some of of BNHA, you know what that is. It's like a it's a world where everybody has some kind of power yeah. and um and they're going to school to train to become heroes, which is most of the whole show, but yeah. it's very it's very wholesome and and has its moments of like very emotional, inspiring kind of uh kind of things. It's a you know, the whole show is a hero's journey for the main character. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but every time I watch it, I'm like, this this is something Mike would like. He'd probably watch with Sid. I I, um, I, I do. I mean, I, I think that I, I remember um, you saying that it was out there. I said it was it was just the crunchy roll thing that that has has mm-hmm. held held her back. But I know that she she did like it a whole lot, and she really got into it originally. I don't know how far she got, but that was definitely a thing on that was not just on her radar, but she was watching. I'm trying to get her to. To watch the, the and it sounds silly saying this, the last season of uh, My Little Pony. She watched 
since she was a little kid. It's got seven seasons. Mm-hmm. So she's 14 now. So she was like six when it was on. And I, and I get that she's Started done again. with it, but right. You know, she's, she's also she's like, she's really reads the comic books still. And, um, it, what it's funny how it worked was that when the show ended, like the last episode, um, the comic okay. book continued on where the show ended. So the comic book even has label mm. like season 10. So she right. got, she, she would get, we go every month to get comics and she would get her My Little Pony comics and she would read them voraciously. Like e- even when she wasn't watching the show. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but as soon as it started in season 10, she, she just stopped reading them. And now she's like, I can't read season 10 unless I watch season nine. But she just, oh, I see. but she just has not watched it because she's outgrown it, kind of like the, the show. But she still keeps pulling the comics, and it's just this weird thing. And it, so, I mean, yeah. there, there are adults that watch that show, yeah. who still believe in the magic of friendship. <laughs> magic or whatever. of friendship. It's it, it is a great show, especially I think for kids, uh, boys or girls. Sure. It's, it, it's a really. One, one I've never seen shows. it, but I've heard good things. Yeah. I, I saw the I saw the old. Uh, the old cartoons in the eighties, some of them. Yeah. And, and this is like, maybe there might, this, I'm sure there was, but there were, there was more Care Bears. Like I think yeah. of those together, like Care Bears, My Little Pony. Strawberry and, Shortcake. Um, Strawberry Shortcake. Yeah. 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 Um, we had, uh, I didn't, but my sisters had all the little dolls, the little ponies and the, and the little dolls with the giant heads. <laughs> right. Strawberry Shortcake and, and, and to be fair, the new My Little Pony is, like a hundred percent, nothing like the old My Little Pony. Like, not even. It's like watching an yeah, anime I've seen, and then saying it's like Smurfs. I've seen that the the character design. It's it's very well, and different. and the way the story the storytelling and the writing and the it's it's not like cute. It's cutesy, but it's not the same. You know, it's just I don't know. It's uh the other ones were really eighties, right? And this one is just very much like yeah. telling st- individual stories, and then it's got the whole idea of not episode non episodic serial storytelling type thing. You know, mm-hmm. so which is. Yeah, it's a. It was good. They um, for little kids to you know have. I always think it's good to have hope on stuff. I know some people are you know like to, yeah. there's scary stuff in the world and there's adults who are always going on about this and I know kids hear that kind of a thing but they if they can watch a show and get kind of a moral of the story, it's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty good, right? I mean, back when we were kids, they would beat us over the head with the moral of the story. Like at the end, they would say, <laughs> "Here's the moral of the story, kids," right? Right um, in the in the eighties with the GI Joe stuff. Totally. I didn't watch that at the time, right. but of course I've seen it. Yeah, on YouTube. But but nowadays, like they're able stuff like Captain Planet and yeah, uh, all the just really heavy handed. Exactly, um, and and now they're they're, they're a little bit better with kids being able to like their favorite pony is put into a situation that's more realistic to what kids might actually be in. Not like mm. before they were like you know Serpentor attempted the you know. Uh, Duke with a million billion dollars and it says you know money's not everything kids that's the moral and now it would be more like you know uh, a kid steals the pony's lunch at school right you know money's mm. not, yeah. so it's just a little bit more relatable I don't know how we got on the pony subject but that I just yeah it was a good it was a good series <laughs> yeah. we're, ta- we're talking about kid shows <laughs> um, uh, speaking of old shows catching up on i started watching a show that's that's not new but you had mentioned to me i think when you were watching it and then our buddy pete mentioned it within the last week it's a netflix series uh in german just called dark yeah that was you know funny enough the name 
for a couple of weeks through me when he was talking about it years ago. Cause I was like, what mm. is it? Is it part of a sentence? Is it, you know, <laughs> I didn't know what he was saying. But yeah. It's just, it's just dark. Right. Right. It, like it's not, it's not a descriptor yeah. for anything. It's just dark, dark. I mean, the show is pretty literally and yeah. uh, uh, figuratively dark, Yeah, but it's, it's a good um, descriptor for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm about four or five episodes into it, maybe six. Okay. How many episodes um, are there? Oh, I'm not sure. I think there are three seasons. Uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Um. And and since but, you're yeah. just a little bit into it, I'm, it's hard to talk about because I, I I will say right. I watched it two years ago. I want to say. Um, okay. I. So I don't, I guess what I'm saying is I don't remember a lot of it. I know mm. over overview of what kind of the theme of it is. And I don't, don't even know if I can seasons, say that without spoiling anything. The seasons have 10 episodes. Okay. No, season one has 10, season two has eight, and season three has eight. Maybe maybe I should watch it again. I had the 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 ending... The ending was sufficiently mysterious, but I remember it having a sad, still having a satisfying ending to season one. You know, mm -hmm. and for me, I'm I'm sometimes hard to please on that front. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, endings are hard. Endings are hard, and and I because it, it's a it's a big the the show is a big mystery. Like I, I will say, it's a big yeah. it's a mystery drama series is what it is, and you don't know what there's very spooky things happening in the woods kids type thing right in this town it's just this small town in germany with different people with different uh um relationships and and problems right. interpersonal problems and and all of that but then in the in the midst of that they have these these tragedies these kids go missing yeah not not a group but like one kid and then another kid and you don't know like none of them know what, what's going on. Oh, like, you have a little more, you have a little more information than they do, but not much. Right. And, um, yeah. And there's there seems to be some kind of time travel involved. This this here was the big thing about this is that this came out at the exact same time that Stranger Things came out. So mm. it was very much like, okay, Stranger Things is the real thing, and now that, that Stranger Things is over and we binged watched it in a weekend. Now what can we watch? And, mm -hmm. and and dark, dark is very much a lot like it, like but I mean but darker. Yeah, it's a it's a similar kind of like mystery in a small town thing, yeah. but with none of the like adorable eighties kids uh, uh, aesthetic yeah. of Stranger Things. Yeah, and and it's not all adults either. I mean, there's definitely kids. There are kids, but like Stranger Things focuses on the yeah. kids. Yeah. So, um, I do. I said I. I'd have to go back and actually look at the re, -re look in it. I remember that when it ended that first season, I felt satisfied in what they told me. Right, like because hmm. there's a mystery in there. You kind of learn what's going on. When they learned what's going on, I was like, okay, cool. That's that's okay, cool. And they did a thing. And then it ends with another, a different mystery type thing. Like they, they kind of, mm -hmm. they don't solve it, but they tell you what you need to know. And then, mm -hmm. which is good. And then they're like, okay, here's, here's another thing. What, what can this be about? And I, and I was kind of like, man, 
I'm kind of happy with that ending, and I'm not sure <laughs> if I'm interested in this next part. If I'm if I'm ready for a new mystery yet. Well, yeah, and and the the next mystery was. It didn't hold on to anything from the from the other mystery. I guess I say it was hmm. it was not a clean break, but it was like we're moving into chapter two of this show, right? Yeah. And, and and chapter one was just the the preamble. Um, so I was like, oh, and then I, now I don't know if if season two went on with that, but I, I remember thinking like, man, I, I really enjoyed that preamble and it was good. You know, uh, I don't know if I want this show to change differently. Our buddy Pete watched it. He seems to like them all. Um, yeah. And yeah. and obviously this has my still issue that I had of when I have to watch it, I have to watch it because it's um, subtitled. I don't know if this was always true, but it does appear, at least season one, appears to have um, audio dubs it does, in other languages. But they are awful. Like... They're off. I mean, yeah. I almost never watch those, right. so I it it defaulted to it, and I was like, "Wait, this isn't right." I heard this show was in German. Let me switch it. And in the selector on Netflix, it says, "You know, English, French, Spanish, German, original." Yeah, I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's obviously what I want." Yeah, and and, um, and you know, it's just it is a show that you have to you kind of watch. And I and I like sometimes I like to watch. I watched that show when I'm laying in bed at night before I go to bed. I watch an hour mm-hmm. of it, but you're committed because you, you can't quit the show in the middle or can't fall asleep in the middle of it. You have to watch it all right. And then you have to be like, fully like watch lost. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's because there's a lot of it's, it's in German with subtitles, but then there's also a lot of no dialogue information being given, you know, yeah. when you see characters go places and do things. And there are, um, um, a couple of deaf characters yeah so you know their stuff would be subtitled regardless yeah um yeah it's 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 weird it's it's i know we've we've talked about it now for like five ten minutes now but we and we've not said much about it because it is hard i guess something we can it's hard to say anything without spoiling it it's yeah um it's you know it's from 2017 it's not new but you know a, a mystery show you know rides on its mystery so i don't yeah. want to it's it's very much it, it is i would say recommended if you like stranger things and, and not because of the kid thing but and i don't think people like stranger thing necessarily for the kid thing i think they like stranger things because it's a sci-fi monster mis- mystery type thing mm-hmm. and, and this is definitely in that same vein of of what is you know sci-fi scary mystery type thing happening right yeah which is which is which is cool. If if you're Jones and for Stranger Things, which we haven't had in a couple of years now, uh, I wonder why did they not film that? This kid's going to be like 26 by the time they put the next one out. I I don't think season three was as long ago as you think. Really? Is that, okay. I don't, I don't know. Um, Let's see. Yeah. Sorry. It's it kind of. Oh well, it was July of 19, so I guess it was a year and a half. A year ago. and a half ago, right? And they're not planning on time, until time is a blur, and they're not planning on until the fall, so it won't be two years until after these kids are going to be. I mean, adults. I I assume um, one of my friends and I were talking about uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie Free Guy. Oh right! Uh, Shoot, so forgot about that. I thing. sent him a meme, and he's like. He's like, whatever happened to that movie? And I said, I assume it was delayed like everything else. Yeah, right. Um, but Stranger Things, know, is, he, it's funny. Though, Stranger Things doesn't need to be delayed. It's Netflix, right? Unless it was. Yeah, but I mean, maybe they couldn't get. Yeah, maybe they couldn't get. film. If they hadn't done the filming, 
and spent a good chunk of 2020 unable to film. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, this is one of those delayed the whole thing. I mean, it goes back to one of my original complaints about filmmaking these days, especially, especially with streaming companies is that they, they make a, a movie. I don't know. We, we talked about this a long time ago with Battlestar Galactica and stuff like they, they make a, sh- a sh- show and then you don't see it for two years as opposed to like growing up, you would watch a show. They'd go on hiatus for three months and then you watch it again in the fall, you know? Right. And like clockwork. Every show was like that. And now you have to wait two years. And and w- yeah. when you're dealing I mean, with kids, it's, it's, it's worse. It's true. It's true that, you know, it just depends on, it depends on how much post-production they're going to do. Right. Like stranger things has a lot of yeah. visual facts mm-hmm. and that stuff just takes a long time. I mean, you say that if you don't, but, but, uh, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a mixed bag because Discovery comes out about every year and it has ridiculous amounts of CG. And granted, they're like a year and a half, but man, they have a lot. Yeah, they're they're about the same. They do they do have a lot. I mean, Star Trek has always been that way. Yeah. Um. You know, even in the '60s when they were doing costumes and models and stuff, because that's the technology they had. It was still. You know, pre-Star Wars, yeah. it was movie-level special effects on a TV show. Right. And now almost every show, not almost every show, but a lot of shows are that way. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, in by comparison, in the first four or five episodes that I've seen of Dark, there is no, there's no, like, really obvious visual effects. I mean, a lot of times they do things like, that you don't notice, like photoshopping out someone's mustache or something. I don't know if Dark does that. I mean, in general, movies and shows will do that. Um, but there's no like, there's no mocap suit monsters or like fantastic otherworldly places. Like it's just people in a town and a cave. Um, right. And. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's my assumption, that even after they get past all of the time that it takes to film something with actors, you know, shoot all of that, like, all of that takes tons of time. Yeah. Um, then, you know, a team of animators have to go back and put in the monsters and the smoke and the living walls and the upside down and all of that stuff. Right, the upside down. Forgot about that. See, like, I don't even remember... That's the, that's that's actually I think that's truly the the worst thing is that they they don't give service to the to the stories because when they come out like this I have no idea what what they were even about like you want to talk about the hype being gone it's I don't even know what you know happened in the last two <laughs> I mean, well they were they were D monsters the good like news that, is right? you know we're not we're not stuck to uh, broadcast TV anymore. You could watch it again Ugh. and they'll probably, <laughs> they'll probably do a recap. Um, but yeah, that's the, you know, I don't know that it, that that's necessarily worse um, with the binge model than, than weekly. Right. Um, my, my gut feeling is that it is because it, you get it all at once. You're probably watching at least two episodes a time, you know, in a sitting um, you're, you know, the the plus side of that is that the writers usually usually don't feel compelled to constantly remind the audience what's going on with flashbacks and recaps because they assume that you're watching it yeah right in a pretty limited that's a that can be a double edged sword because if you don't finish something 
you go back and you're like, what's going on? And there are no recaps or anything to help you out. So you got to start it over. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. And I think having the show happen all at once, like we watched, um, raising Dion. I think I mentioned that last week and I remember very little about it because we watched it in such a short window of time. <laughs> that's, a, that's another one of those things that it's, it's the hardest. I mean, it's one of those things that it's not too terrible. If you're just got a normal show, it's what it is. But when you got kids that like, raising Dion, for example, I know it got flagged for a second season, but the kid was like eight. And if you wait two mm. to three years, the kid's going to be like mid, you know, it'll be 11, 12 years old when they, when they're shooting it. And you're like, right. That's a, it's just not it's different. It's a big jump. You can't just say like a year later type thing. All right. You can for adults, but, uh, okay. Anyway, yeah, it's, uh, the dark, dark, is, dark is, is, is pretty interesting when you get through with it. You'll have to tell me, we'll have to have a spoiler section. You can recap me on it and then we'll see. If we yeah. Can. Maybe when, when I get to the end of season one, we can talk about it again. Yeah, you, you can, you can, instead of me trying to go read up on things, you tell me like, Oh yeah, this happened. It's <laughs> like, Oh yeah. This happened and this happened. Yeah. Right, we'll walk through it. Um, uh, something else we did this week, and I know we didn't talk about this on the sh- this on the show, but when we did, uh, when it happened, I messaged you, and you coincidentally had been watching it anyway. But you and I both watched the movie Catch Me If You Can. Right now, that's with um, Tom Hanks and Leonardo. DiCaprio. Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, uh, Jennifer Garner's in it for a second, but who is the main? girl oh it's amy adams amy adams right yeah um and a a handful of other actors that you recognize by this point but this is a movie from 2002 yeah um let's see this was when leo started to really go this was uh back when they were people were saying like would i roll at leonardo dicaprio at being just like the Mm -hmm. the teen heartthrob at the time and then uh people would say oh you know titanic titanic but then and then this is the movie that people would say, yeah, but have you seen him in Catch You and you can't, if you can? That would be their mm-hmm. their reasoning for that he's a good actor. Right? Yeah, it's not quite uh it's not quite the aviator. This is right. um it's it's Steven Spielberg, which I don't know if you knew that before. I did not off the top of my head, but now that I now that I read that, I'm like, "Oh, of course it's Spielberg." All right. Um and there's all the good Spielberg very, stuff. Yeah, Spielberg stuff. Oh, Christopher Walken. That's who I was plays his oh, dad. Right. Yeah, his and dad. it's it's hard to watch Christopher Walken now. Since I mean, aside from the, you know the Deer Hunter, which I wouldn't really recommend anybody to watch. Mm. You know, at a certain point in his career, so many people have done impressions of him that just him talking like he seems like he's doing an impression, <laughs> he's doing of, an impression himself, of himself, which is which is frustrating. Like right. he's talking to his character, and I'm in the back of the room. Going, wow <laughs> right um it's, ju- it's just him that's why he is it's it's just him it's the way he talks and uh, same thing for tom hanks like tom hanks is playing a kind of like he has this reputation now in his somewhat later years of just being this super nice yeah uh nice America's guy etc etc et right America's dad kind of thing, but he played a lot of characters in the nineties and, and early two thousands that were not like, not jerks, but just kind of like, 
just unimpressed. Okay. It maybe is the best way to say it. I'm thinking about like his character in a league of their own okay, uh, sure. to a certain extent, his character in you've got mail, um, sure. his character in this Joe versus the volcano. Uh, Joe versus the volcano a little bit. Um, that guy's got a filmography. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not, I, you know, I think, you know, he won one of his, he only has two best actor Oscars only really quote unquote. Um, one of them is for Forrest Gump, I believe. And the others for, uh, Philadelphia, which I've never seen, but, um, you can tell, you know, his, his performance in Forrest Gump is outside of his normal, Mm-hmm. you know character character archetype and yes he's played a lot of different guys oh saving private ryan is the other one i was thinking of mm. um but they don't deviate a lot from the the kind of archetype that he usually plays sure. um but this movie's from 2002 and based on a true story um which i think i knew but I've, yeah. i'd seen this once before when it was relatively new. So I remembered highlights and then, you know, stuff came to me uh, as we were watching it. Yeah. People, people told me that it was uh, a fantastic movie um, about a con artist. And and then I didn't watch it until it was like on video uh, on DVD back in the day. And Mm -hmm. um, they had said that it was real. I was like, Oh, it's real. And it's a Spielberg. And it's looked like a summer block, not summer blockbuster. That's weird. Like, but a big, big named Steven Spielberg type show yeah. that, that seemed weird. Um, and then watch it and, you know, it was like really, really, really enjoyed it. But I really, really enjoyed it for the performances. I mean, seriously, yeah. those two actors and mainly Leo sold that movie and did on the second viewing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the confidence and charisma that this character has, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. My first reaction after watching this is similar to um, another Tom Hanks movie, uh, That Thing You Do, I think I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, where I'm like, would I put this on a list? Uh, one of the things I like so much about That Thing You Do is that it's a good, interesting, compelling story and completely PG. Like, there's no language, yeah. there's no anything, but but is still good and and interesting and and heartwarming and all of those things um for being that i think that puts it in kind of a unique category because i love putting things in categories like if i were going to put it on a list yeah um i think first of all my hundred movie list would have a few to no horror movies so (laughs) that clears up a lot of slots (laughs) and i'm like i'm like boy i don't know it's like there's a lot of Spielberg on the poster already. <laughs> and I'm like, do, do I add another Spielberg? And like, do I swap it with something? And if so, what do I, what do I drop? Like, do you drop Forrest Gump to put this in? I don't really. Right. Think but, I, but I think, but I think, I mean, in, in Spielberg's defense, if a man makes great movies, there's no reason to discount anything he's made just because, you know, he's made more than one. Or, oh, or two, no, of course. Three. That's true. That's true. I think my, my only issue is I think he's on the list already the most between sure. um you know saving private ryan and uh and now my mind's gone completely blank made, but like, you know what he i mean made, i don't know if goonies was on there too but he made lots of goonies was on there 
um, Schindler's List. So it like you've already got a good like wide swath of of Spielberg's work, and he, right? and he does he, he does he, he you know we we kind of poked fun a little kind heartedly about like oh of course it's a Steve Spielberg and it's got the Spielberg things but but it's not always like he, he does his movies aren't his movies aren't cookie cutter you know that like a lot of right. directors can be um right i mean he, 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 has, he has some a, things depending on the audience he has kind of a core yeah he has a core body of work that's really this these like saccharine vaguely family friendly kind of stuff like saving private ryan and saving private um, ryan is not a family movie what are you talking about that is i mean there is, there is murder and death and people getting their heads shut off and it's I mean, extremely gory com- at the beginning. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, by contrast to like a Stanley Kubrick movie. Sure. I mean, I would say Steven Spielberg has a body of work that's family friendly, like Ready Player One and Goonies and things like that. But I would, I don't. Yeah, I don't mean family films like Goonies. Yeah. I mean, it's a war movie, but like nobody's going to leave the room. Maybe. Um, I mean, how many war movies did we watch for the poster? A handful, sure. at least. Like yeah. Apocalypse Now or uh, The Deer Hunter yeah. or like none of those you would watch with your family. Oh, sure. And depending on your family, like, but yeah, sure. De- depending on your family. Yeah. And no, Saving Private Ryan is not, not a war movie. It's still a war movie, yeah. but it's pretty wholesome for a war movie. Yeah. Sure. We can move and, on from that, and, but I know I wouldn't show and, it to anyway, my kids. <laughs> anyway, this, this, this body of work that's, that's not family friendly is the wrong expression, but sure. it's maybe safe is a good word. I don't know. Okay. The point I'm making is he has this large, like core body of work. And then there are outliers that are a little more, um, well, just outliers. I'm, and I'm thinking of stuff like Schindler's List, yeah, right, which are which is definitely not, um, you know, uh, it's not a repeat watch. Maybe that's maybe that's a better word. Like instead of family friendly, say repeat watch. Like you could watch Saving Private Ryan every year on Memorial Weekend, sure, and sure, it it give you warm feelings about America and all that stuff. You watch Schindler's List once, and you're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, sure. I don't I don't need to go through that emotional turmoil. I mean, I, w- I would have said uh, I would have said Catch again. Me If You Can was kind of like that too, um, except I've watched and it, it twice. And it is it's 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 pretty firmly in that that core of like you could watch it a couple times i mean it's less so than a movie like um that thing you do yeah it kind of rides a lot on its mystery right because you keep i mean it is told in a frame so you know at least some version of the end of the story before you start yeah. Right, it starts with a scene and then a flashback. Yeah, but you then spend the whole movie going, "Okay, how's is he going to catch him here? Is he what is he going to do to get out of it here?" And I'm intentionally trying to not give any details with that, but um, I think that probably hurts its its rewatchability. Um, but you know, enough time goes by and you don't remember, and then you can watch it again like I did and uh, have a really enjoyable time. Yeah, he his. And I know this isn't a, a Spielberg talk here, but but to <laughs> we kind of made it. Kind of, but to have to have the the width and breadth to to really talk about this guy, 
you can, I think the reason we can say that you can say as a grouping of movies, because you look at things and I'm just kind of scanning his filmography here. I'm just going to cherry pick a few things to, to say, look, now this is Spielberg, right? I say Jurassic World, Roger Rabbit, Goonies, Gremlins, Jurassic Park, um, BFG, Indiana Jones, you know, uh, mm-hmm. War of the Worlds, E.T., Ready Player One, right? Like that, that you look, the, that pins, that pins him, right? That's what he is. That's all Spielberg. But he also has Schindler's List, Munich, AI, Color Purple, Empire of the Rising Sun. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Bridge of Spies was the one from 2006 he did. Um, uh, Flags of Our Fathers. You know, mm-hmm. he, there are and I, letters from Iwo Jima. He's got always so many of these Amistad. I just keep going around. They're, they're very yeah. broad kind of. He can do so yeah, much. It's, right? it's almost like it's almost like he's alternating between um, movies that are going to make a lot of money and movies that might win Oscars. Mm-hmm. And he can do both <laughs> well. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is which is weird because there are, I mean, as everybody has a few duds. Uh, I'm looking straight at of you, course. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones. <laughs> right, but right. I think he made. Boy, that one after right. um, after we saw Wonder Woman 1984, I said sort of half jokingly to our friends, I said, um, anybody who, any director who achieves. A, a sufficient level of success, and I'm being kind of generic here to make this make this declarative statement work. But any director who meets who reaches a significant level of success should retire, should <laughs> not be allowed to make things anymore. Uh, and I'm thinking largely of George Lucas. Sure. Um, although there have been a handful of those, right, where like a director toils in kind of obscurity for a handful of movies, and then they have some, you know not necessarily flash in the pan, but they strike lightning, right? We say, sure, sure. And, and it's really hard to do that again, because there are so many factors. It's almost like getting lucky. Yeah. Um, and there are, you know, the directors that we talk about Spielberg and Kubrick and Tarantino, like a lot of directors just get talked about because they're auteurs and their style is very distinctive and, and, uh, and noticeable. But but I think um, I think Spielberg Buck he's one of the few that bucks all those like he sh- yeah. he, he continues to make excellent movies like re- example Ready Player One it wasn't winning any Academy Awards but it fit no. solidly with Goonies and Indiana Jones and Hook like it fit that with those absolutely back from the eighties right. and nineties and two thousands like he made continued to make a popular movie that the popular people liked to make the money he wanted. Like he can do, yeah. he can I still mean, do the things he wants to do just like you, he used you to. can, you can almost divide those up into, uh, commercial movies and, and art movies. Right. Um, and, and sometimes there's a little bit of both, right? Like he, he's clearly does a lot of, um, you know, war movies, war stories. Um, now I've, which, I've seen I, you know, a couple is, of his. Things. Now, there was a 2017 show called Spielberg. I'd love to watch that one. Probably tells a lot mm. more about him. But I know in, from interviews sure. and things when leading up to movies, um, he, the way he talks about him is like, it feels like he, he he's interested in this. And so what we're saying is the Steven Spielberg style of movie. I think that's mm-hmm. basically Steven Spielberg. They seem to have the same kind of interest. Like 
when he did Ready Player One, he read the book first. Like he read it before he even knew he was going to do the script. He's a guy that reads a book that feels like it's made for, you know, teens or something, right? Like he he enjoys that kind of genre. He enjoys mm-hmm. war things, right? Um, yeah. So he just makes because he can makes the movies he enjoys making. Unless you could do that, yeah. right? When you're Steven Spielberg. <laughs> right, right. Um, or, so, I mean, you know, some of the, maybe not less popular, but less, maybe not even less successful, less prolific, right? Like yeah. like Kubrick and, and Tarantino. Like, I'm sure that they, those two guys, for the most part, made the movies they wanted to make. You know, screw anybody else's opinion. Yes, right. I mean, right. To an ex- to an extent, to an extent. Right. Yeah. They um, they they were they were the ones that you know had 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 a had a narrow kind of thing that they make, um, and then that's that's and then they, they don't make anything else. And that that's and that's right. and that's it. There are, and I'm sure Spielberg is not the only one of these. Sure. But he's one who can walk both sides of that of that divide. Yeah. There are plenty of directors who can just make you know good popcorn commercial successful kind of commercially successful kind of movies and then there are you know the tarantinos and the kubricks who make their own particular brand of art house film or um right wes anderson another good example and those you know those things have their audience at various levels of of niche but they're they're not you know, maybe one of those might become a um, a mainstream success, but for the most part, it's just playing to that audience, and it's not, um, you know, it'll probably be successful, but not massive. You know, right? Some of the some of the Marvel movies. I, I think that uh, in general, for myself, when I when I sometimes I'll, I will say I will watch a movie and not realize Spielberg directed it until the end, and then it's like it's just Steven Spielberg. I'm like, oh yeah, that's Steven Spielberg. And I think that a lot of that, oh, yeah, comes from I enjoyed myself type thing, right? Like, oh, of course that was the guy that made me feel like I feel now, right? Because mm-hmm. he he's always done it yeah. before. Now, that's not completely true. I'm not sure all of his, his, his movies have happy endings, or, but I think most of them wrap things, wrap things up in a holistic story, I think. Um, I, watch, I remember watching the show AI, Artificial Intelligence, and I don't remember mm-hmm. much about it, but I remember it didn't have a happy ending. And I I never saw that one. I heard only bad things about it, so I never it was, watched it. I remember at the time it was very heavy. It was very like, I mean, it's AI. It's long and short of it. It's like this, you know, lifelike artificial intelligence of is life, is AI real when it hit the singularity type thing. But it did it in a little mm-hmm. kid. And, hmm. you know, it that's it was just so heavy. To have that in a yeah. little kid, which made yeah. it really heavy. So anyway, um, th- that's that was just an example of that. You know, besides that kind of thing, most of his movies do kind of have a a bow tied to the end of them. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. I mean, even even Schindler's List, which is a very yeah. like somber kind of movie, and that's that's a thing. I think people are realizing there was an episode of the Omnibus talking about a. Uh, Woody Allen? No, not Woody Allen. Who am I thinking of? One of those actors of that time made a, like, or started to make some kind of movie about Hitler. 
Yeah. But something, the saddest clown, something like that. It's a sort of famous, uh, uh, not, not urban legend, but whatever. Like it never got finished. Yeah. And was never released in any, in any way. But, um, anyway, you have this sense of like, you can tell stories about the Holocaust, but it's not, it's a little bit like the movie Taken, but even worse because it's all in the past and you know, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't stop, it doesn't stop people from buying and reading the diary of Anne Frank, but, um, but, but he's, if he's, you're going to still wrap up that individual small story. Yeah. Like so. you have to make the story really small because you're like, okay, yeah, there was this guy and he did this thing, but like that was a, a drop in the ocean of atrocity right that that was the holocaust um and, the, and when, but, he, en- when and, he ends it he ends it like in the future and it's like today's time you know and it, and it does feel like there's closure i, I think that's one yeah of- ex- ex- exactly that's where i started when because yeah. you you said that he ends those movies like even such a somber serious movie like um like schindler's list still has that signature spielberg kind of um ending like wrapped up, wrapped up. Yeah, wrapped up I, you're right. satisfying now ending. that we really think about satisfying it, is the wrong word that, that's a but you feel like maybe. you've told you've been told a story you're right I, I i know that we've had some differing opinions on some movies that we've watched the hundred list with you know interpretive endings we're like oh it just and it's mm-hmm. I, I always refer to them as the soprano endings where it's like what do you think happened right like those always are my worst right. most hated kind of movies and, and i don't think <laughs> And I, he's got a large filmography, so I can't tell you all of them. But it, I think most of his movies never aren't it, like but... that. They they will give you a story, a full story, right? Um, so yeah. when you when you leave, you feel that that was a Steven Spielberg story that was told to you, not like I'm going to fill in the pl- the blanks with my own interpretations of whatever happened on screen, right? Right. Unless it's intentionally meant to be that way, Minority Report or something like that, but. Um, right. Anyway, uh, wrapping back up with this this one particular film, um, we I want to move on to another subject, but I, I still want to say that um, this is one of those things where Leo started to become a little bit more for me a, a believable actor. I was as I do mm. with some actors when they're younger and they're all attractive and stuff. They always like, oh, they, Brad Pitt only gets movies because he's a good handsome fella, and all you know people want to watch him all the time. And then when you watch some of his shows, you're like. Oh man, he's actually really, really good, you know. And I think Leo, mm-hmm. this was one of the ones that started me with like, oh, I, I gotta stop Jones on this kid. He's actually really good. He's got some talent. Um, and then he just continued yeah. on doing other things. And I think Blood Diamond was one, one that pushed it over for me. But this one, yeah, he's is he's great. about. And I and I I was a little bit incredulous about this as I was watching. I don't know if I think I was messaging our friend Fox while we were talking, mm-hmm. but. Uh, or while we were watching, but um, according to IMDb, anyway, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Amy Adams were born in the same year. Oh, okay. And you watch them in this movie, and you're like, okay, well, Leo is playing about almost ten years younger than his actual age, yeah, but pretending to be older, right? So right. it sort of makes sense. Um, Amy Adams, I think, is playing just a few, like, maybe, like, five years younger than her actual age, but played to be 
even younger. Like, I don't think her actual character is supposed to be younger than him, right? Like, right. he's supposed to be 16 or 17. I don't think she's working as a nurse right. at 16 or 17. Right. But she certainly seems that way, like, between the pigtails and the braces. I'm like, they're born in 74. This movie's made in 02. So, according to my math, that puts them both at, like, 27 or 28. Oh, really? And I'm like, she does not look 27. Yeah. And, like, yes, she's made up, you know, to look really young and, and girlish. Right. Uh, but it's just kind of a kind of a funny thing. But, yeah, to that's I, – I agree completely with um, your assessment of of Leo's acting – I mean, there, there was there was a this movie. My, my one of my favorite scenes in this movie is to, to show his his, you know, uh, abilities is when he is first caught by Tom Hanks's character in the hotel room. Um, mm-hmm. And um, but they kind of find him quickly and expect. Oh, yes. Speak, speaking of the flash. Yeah. And, and he he walks. He walks like uh, he breaks into the room and says FBI because he's real nervous. Tom Hanks does. And then mm-hmm. coming out of the bathroom with just like he belongs there kind of, you know, mm-hmm. ability is, you know, Leo's character. And he just pulls off that scene and then Leo, you know, goes right out and runs away and he's like super nervous. Right. Like he changed into, he, right. he goes from this, I am, I belong here on this scene. I'm this actor and I'm this, he's an actor playing an actor, right. Who's acting mm-hmm. and then goes and then becomes the actor right. who's playing the guy who's scared of, cause he was acting. Right, right. Right. Who's playing a kid. And it was like all in a matter of five minutes. And you have, he played off of Tom Hanks, who, you know, is a great actor as himself and kind of like carries the room. Tom Hanks is the room, right? When he's on, on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But here comes Leo and. Even, even with his weird Boston accent. Even with his weird Boston. And he, he kind of rolled over Tom Hanks. I mean, they, they, that was how it was supposed to work. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a hard thing to do to, to act, out act a great actor in a scene. Um, and he did it just really well. Right. Yeah, uh, for sure. So yeah, I, I like that show a whole lot and I, I definitely recommend it. Um, I don't know. I, I think some things it, it could replace some of those, uh, items on the list that we had last year for me. I'm not sure if it does belong in there or not, but it's, I enjoyed watching that movie. You know, and I definitely, yeah. I a hundred percent would recommend Same. people to watch it. For sure. Unlike somewhere, I'm like, meh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so moving on to something else we watched here um, that we put off for a little bit. We watched some Star Trek, and we haven't talked about Discovery in a while. Mm-hmm. But this was the season ending. Uh, yep. This just like, what, a couple days ago? Um, of uh, Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. Season like three. They've been through a lot, mm-hmm. so... We're going to spoiler this. If you uh, haven't watched it yet, you should go watch it before you listen to yep. this. Got a spoiler bell in here. Oh, I stepped on your prompt a little bit there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So this was the finale of season three. It's been, it's been a little a couple weeks because I didn't get a chance on the air to say anything about Doug Jones. Yeah. Right. And that's been yeah. at least this this last I think it's a two parter, maybe just these last two episodes. Um he, it reminded he's still me the best a, part of the whole show. Yeah, yeah. That reminded me a little bit of um 
oh, do you remember, this is going to be super nerdy and obscure, but do you remember in the first Warcraft, uh, World of Warcraft expansion when they had the Caverns of Time, time-traveling dungeons, and yes. you would go back to uh, a period in history, yes. right? You, they would they would send you back. They're like, oh, okay. they're these dragons, and they're trying to mess up the time sure. stream, and you got to go stop them. I do remember you gotta that. you got to go... Find young Thrall, he's in prison, and help him break out. Except you're in a place where there are just orcs and humans. Okay. And so if you're playing anything else... Oh, right, yeah. um, When you zone into that dungeon, your character would change into a human. Right. Uh, And and this reminded me of that. (laughs) Super obscure. But uh, they go go onto this planet with this elaborate, uh, long-running, hollow program... uh, um, simulation and it and changes the characters into different the, races the change yeah the characters get changed into different races which is a little bit a little bit gimmicky yeah well it i mean it was 100 percent so that you could get doug jones in a human form i mean right that's i mean the only that, reason they did that that was fine but then the doctor gets changed into a bajoran and yeah. i'm like the but the humans are fine like he you turn Doug Jones into a human. Why can't the doctor stay the same? Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's it, just kind of funny. It, it, it was, I mean, that, that little gimmick was fine and it wasn't offensive. In I mean, way, I think, but, but I think in the story it's supposed to, you know, that, that hologram or something hologram program is malfunctioning. So I'm sure it's just right. Glitching out. I mean, I have no idea what, uh, um, Adira is that? Yeah. I think that's that character's yeah. name. Um, whatever, she, uh, she, Oh, she, I know what she was. They, Turn she, into, I'm sure, is some. Wasn't she that that like reference the, the from one lady episode? That, uh, um, remember, they she was in a, one of those short treks. Um, wasn't she one of her? Oh, maybe. I think that might have been her. I couldn't I, figure. I it just out assumed it was some older reference because that's what you know. There's so I much canon in this show right. that it, you know you go all the way back to the '60s. Just right. like after the last episode, they played the original outro music, which was right. a little, a little odd. But yeah. um, they're they're trying to keep uh, they're trying to keep they're trying everything they can to keep old Trek people. On this yeah, series. when like they have they have the Pike Show coming the, up. Well, know. the we've said this before in the last several seasons that um, everything about the show that's been entertaining has not been the main show. Like in season two, all of the Pike crew were the best parts of the show, um, and then in season one. Like Giorgio and, um, you know, uh, uh, we're just talking about Doug Jones's character are some Saru. of the, Saru and some of those are, are some of the best things. And then there's the mirror universe stuff is is the, the, the better stuff. But the main cast of Discovery is the, the least entertaining of I personally, I think, of the series. Well, um, I mean, and it's it's mostly like Tilly is is fine. In small doses. Small doses. Um, all, all of the other um, predominantly female bridge crew, like, they all have a lot of potential interesting story that we just don't... We talked about this in season two when um, they killed off Arium and they yeah. brought that actress back as a new character that's not, you know, an android. But, like, we barely knew that character before they gave her her own episode and then killed her off. Yeah. It's very strange. It's like, it's like somewhere. And I don't know if the people 
who came on on season two, who wrote a lot of the the Pike Enterprise kind of uh, good stuff in season two. Like if those people moved on to the Strange New Worlds project, but I, I wonder if that if, if it's like that there's a acting. there's a good show with some of these pieces. They just don't know they don't know what to focus on and 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 maybe that's just maybe that's just me but i know you and i are are kind of in agreement on that like they could have a good show if they focused on some other characters well i i you know as i kind of sit back at it and look at it in a broad picture way i i'm wondering if it's not the actors as well i mean i honestly i do not that they're not that they are doing what they can do but they're, I don't know if they're great actors. For example, mm. um, there's a couple. So, And when you have them on the show, they're written by the same people, yet they're memorable. And for example, um, Pike, we'll say, is Pike was, is a memorable character. Number one, okay. uh, Ro- Jessica Romaine, or no, what's her name, Romaine? Uh, Rebecca Romaine. Rebecca Romaine. Like, just with the short amount of times they have on character, with the short amount of lines, their acting makes an impression on you. Right. Sure. And they can do with very little. They can do a thing. Um, I think the Spock character who didn't play old Spock, he played Spock, but just differently. And he made an impression. Um, Mm -hmm. And and you have those characters come in. And I say Tilly, to some extent, made an impression. But most Tig, Tig's another perfect example, like Tig Mm -hmm. Nataro. Uh, her she comes in and she has a very distinctive bones esque quality to her, right? Like she right. is a character, but everybody else, like that entire bridge crew, is the same character. I mean, you can tell me all their backstories, sure, because they're going to tell you about them in, in dialogue for fifteen minutes. But they're they're just, I just don't have any feeling for them. They really tried to get Detmer this season to have some kind of care, and I just don't care. Um, yeah, I, I mean, don't and know that's. Why. That's, I mean, I don't know about acting, and I'll say that I don't know about acting because none of those characters get enough screen time, enough script time, uh, for me to know well, whether I said, like, whether Tig the acting did. was was at fault or not. I think, like, yeah, Tig's not even I mean, in there half the season, and she gets on the screen, and she's more noticeable. That's true. That's true. I think, I think though. It's, I don't know. I mean, that, it's, it's that hard to say. Is, they're just not interesting. Is the is the core? Whether it's writing, directing, yeah. or acting, it's the the. And I know it feels like they tried this season, but yeah, they're they're not. And, and here's the thing: is that because they tried, especially the back half of the season, uh, you lose one of your most interesting characters on the show, which was um, um, Philippa Giorgio. Giorgio. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, mm-hmm. you take her off the show because they're going to have her own spinoff, rightfully. Uh, they just peeled away the things that are left, and what's left is not terribly great. I, I think Stamets is probably the most interesting, but he's starting to become washed out. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed his family story; that was good. His his story gets gets. I'm going to say diluted, and I don't mean that derogatorily, but just like he spent a good part of the last season with. Um, uh, doctor, what's his name? Right. Uh, I don't remember. I'm like, his is his name? name Paul? No, Paul. That's, that's it. Paul. No, Paul Stamets uh, is the other guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was in the 
he was gone for so much of season two right. that we just got we just got Stamets by himself. And there's so much more to tell with um, what the Doctor is going through and Nadira and their whole Trill thing happening. Um, that again, there's just not very much time left for uh, um, the Stamets character and Hugh I Colbert. No, Hugh. Hugh. Yeah. Hugh is his name. That's right. It was right like <laughs> right there on the tip of your tongue. They, they address each other by their first names, but of course, um, I think a lot of times they call the doctor doctor. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I couldn't. Uh, I, I couldn't do like that. I do like Booker. He's a good addition this this year. I think he's a a pretty good actor. Um, he's a step up from CW quality. I think. Right. He was he was better than I expected when we hit the the season premiere and it was focused so much on him and his quote unquote relationship with Michael. Um, I just don't know. I feel like the, oh, and, and, you know, maybe this is my sort of revisionist nostalgia memory, but I feel like the old shows had more than, and maybe because there were, there were more episodes and they were not, um, they were not long form, uh, uh, uh serial stories. Yeah. I mean, even deep space nine, which, had kind of seasonal stories about the Bajorans and the Dominion War and all of that stuff, still, you know, would take an episode to focus on O'Brien and whatever sort of horrible simulation yeah. he lived through for Just the whole Just last episode. weekend, I watched the episode of, or two episodes of Worf when he goes and there's the, starts the Klingon Civil War. Like, it's mm. an episode of The Next Generation, but you can't... It's so Worf centered. Like Picard is in there, yeah, and Riker's yeah. in there. Everybody's in there, but Worf. I think I saw that recently too. Yeah, I mean Worf that and that actor and that character and the writing and the and everything is so he is front and center about everything and his fully kind of fledged out and changes his character and he's just a tertiary character to the series, right? Right, and and this, I mean they just can't do that well. I I assume that there's stuff going on with um you know, with contracts, right? As far as yeah, like, probably. you know, you can't, you can't kill people off because they have contracts probably. on the show or whatever. But I'm like, boy, we could have, you know, in the story, there's a year between Michael showing up in the future and then finding Discovery. Yeah. We could have had half a season of just what the Enterprise or the Discovery crew does without Michael. And yeah. Maybe maybe you do both like like Battlestar Galactica did where for the first season they would show the stuff happening in the fleet and then have a handful of scenes on Caprica with people doing, uh, you know, a handful of characters down there doing stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to to do justice to any of um, OO or um, what was the one you said with the she's got the eye thing. The bridge, the pilot. Oh, uh, Detmer. Detmer. Um, and even the guy, the ops guy, or the blonde who was um, uh, Arium before. Yeah. Like, See, we don't even know their names. Get, it's so get, bad, that bad. Get right? any kind of, none of those characters get any kind of development because we have to spend so much time with Michael every week. So and much time with Michael. It's not... I don't know. I don't want anything I can say about the Michael character just feels like piling on know, sort of b piling on or, or bashing or complaining, whatever. It just, 
Well, we, I don't know. It's we're, it's kind of the stuff the that you say. Section now, so everything everything about it that seemed like it was supposed to be emotionally resonant just was not. Oh, and yeah. and that is not the you know and and as a um you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for to like reinforce that statement. I got to the end of this finale, and when. Um, no, this is full spoilers if you're still here and you haven't gotten to the end of season three. <laughs> full spoilers, skip, yeah. Skip ahead. When they shut down the simulation and that kid, you know, he's not a kid, but when he sees Saru in his natural form, right. um, I teared up a little bit. Sure. Like, this is a guy who's been alone with simulations his whole life. He's never seen another real Kelpian. And here one is, you know, I've I've said several times how the Saru and, and Kaminar Kelpian story is for whatever reason, very emotionally resonant for me. And I, I use that expression a lot. I don't love it. <laughs> I just, I just mean that when I watch it, I, I very often find it moving. Yeah. Um, I think that has a lot, a lot to do with Doug Jones, the actor. I think you're, yeah, you're not, you're not wrong about that. I mean, considering, I mean, we had two episodes of seeing him with his face. It's a little bit, it's a little bit like the Mandalorian, but not quite as extreme because he, you know, he can make facial expressions. Right. And stuff I, I, as, I think it's more difficult because he's, he's working through these prosthetics and yeah. still doing a phenomenally emotional job. That's yeah. Like you, know. you, you see, and you experience that that moment that I mentioned last week or the week before when he finds out Kaminar joined the Federation. And, you know, I can I can rationalize the pieces together and go, oh, man, he's he was the only one. And now, you know, like I can justify my emotional reaction rationally, but his performance still is the is the trigger or the catalyst for that um that emotional moment right so so here we are at the end and we just went to that thing where i said that they take everybody good off this show and it looks like they're taking him off the show at least uh for a little while they're gonna they're they have to remove him so that we have michael burnham as captain and it it feels like i don't know if this is true this is my sort of uh whatever knee-jerk reaction but it almost feels like the show could be done. Oh, I wish. I mean, I'll <laughs> right, say that right, on air. Kind of, I I'm wish like, it was over. I, I, I'm like, you've, you've done all you can do. Like season four. Like, we don't need five Star Trek shows if, you know, half of them are going to be something I don't really want to watch. No, they just, took, um, they just took the good things out of Discovery and then made them their own shows, which are fine. I'd rather watch Giorgio, a show on her. That's fine. I'll watch... Uh, strange new worlds that's fine right like right there is now you took saru out of this there is zip zilch nada about this show that i characters anything that i want to see they're in the the future which that was probably if i say good things about this show i was a little hesitant at the beginning but they really did good job this season of like giving us future things and taking you really see leap forward that's good you're on seeing a, we see more than i expect you know we talked about this after like the first two episodes or something right. um the like yeah stuff looks different but not 
900 years different. Yeah, it's almost a whatever thousand like. years. Eight, like 850 years or something. Whoa. And you get the sense of like technology plateaus and they're in an almost dystopia it could, it kind of thing. It could have plateaued with this... four times. In, you know, right, 200 right. year plateau still would have been a change, right? Right. And But as the show goes on, you get more and more of that with like the stuff that Booker's ship can do and yeah. Yeah. the you know the nacelles are not really attached kind of thing yeah, instantly um, teleporting they they the, yeah, they the instant personal portable teleporter things yeah um not yeah. not using not like when i thought one of the neat scene was they don't use stairs anymore or elevators they just teleport down right like buildings right. where their federation building was built without stairs they just walking along and then pew, to them just tell as they're talking teleport down to the bottom stair like mm. that's that's that helped me with so there's a good thing but i, I want to go back to the to michael thing and i know we don't want to pile on but i it's worth at least stating um now that we know how they're going and why they gave you know so much uh, screen time forever to burn them is that i wonder like you said contractually since season one they didn't tell her that she's going to be captain like right we're, we're making you captain Maybe. it's just going to take you three years to get there and we want to go through the whole growth of the character and then have a captain that ends up in a thing because michael was so forced on us the whole time and and i didn't say this because i didn't want to it's one of those things that if you notice it it ruins the whole thing so i didn't <laughs> mention it before like the actress whispers all the time i can't imagine the sound guy like she is literally she, mm. she goes like this yeah all yeah time <laughs> and, and she goes into a whisper mode and I, and it's the sound guy has put got to be putting his mic down her throat the whole time. Everyone else is talking normally, and she gets when she gets uh, I'm air yeah. quoting here emotional or intense. She goes into whispers, um, and it's very very distracting. Um, so yeah, and her her character, like you said, she's she's constantly trying to stretch from every episode your emotion, and that's taxing and tiring. It was taxing and tiring after season one. Then yeah. season two, I got sick of it. And season three is I'm done. I'm like, I'm, I'm just done with anything. And I had said it before. I don't, if they keep with Michael Burnham, I I'll stop watching the show. And, and I feel after this one, I got a good ending. I'm done. Sure. Put her captain. And then I'll go watch the other shows and I'll watch, mm -hmm. I'll watch discovery when it comes back out after season six or whatever. Um, yeah. If they're not going to do, on. if they're not going to do something drastic, like if it's just what we've seen, I almost, and this is a weird thing to say, I would almost rather see Tilly be captain. And I know it's it's ridiculous for her as an ensign to be given yeah. command of the ship, but you see, you know, she has the respect of the other, um, you know, yeah. secondary characters, for whatever you want to call them. They go on their little Lower Decks mission in the Honest finale. to God, I think Stamets would have made a better captain than any of them. I mean, he he's commander, if you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so is so is Tig, but I don't think you use your "quote unquote" comic relief character as captain like that would. Well, work. no, not Tig. Yeah, but but I, but I mean, yeah. As Samus far as as charge. far as military rank, there's a list. Like, I assume they don't use Stamets because they need him to run the spore drive, right? right? Which, like, which evidently they don't need. You him can't to be run captain the and chief engineer. Um, right. Yeah, right. that. Right. By the I time mean, it got to that, I was like, I was like, okay, fine, that's just fine. What, let's just end this, kind of, right? Like they, they, they'll, they'll do it. They'll pull it off once, and then, and then that'll be it because it's the whole like, 
MacGuffin sure. of the ship in the future yeah, it was, it was and very, all that. It was but very much, yeah, yeah. If they're gonna do, if they're gonna do a fourth season without some drastic change of like some new character or some something, like if we're just gonna see, you know, Saru takes a break and Michael and the Lower Decks people and Book and you know the rest of the the rest of the cast. I mean. They've only lost Giorgio and Saru, but those were two of the most interesting characters, especially sure. Saru. Um, right. Like, if they're going to do a show without without those two, I mean, Giorgio is gone, but I'm I'm just not interested. Yeah, they were, like the 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 admiral was from the other season. At least she had some kind of commanding presence, you know, Pike and. Uh, there's just so much other the, the the first captain in the first season at least he had a better presence. the new the new admiral guy is pretty good but he, you don't fine. see him you don't see him very much um, rightly so uh, I, I think he should be obviously uh um cronenberg the the uh what is is he a hologram or something the, oh that he's, guy, he's yeah. The the doctor the psychiatrist like yeah, he's but, obviously but, very good but they um, but they put him in there but, at the end in a command situation I don't understand. Is that, are we talking about the same yeah. guy, that, the, the guy that was like the Section 13 guy? Um, No. In in Season 3, he's the old um doctor at, at headquarters. Or he shows up even before that. Like he talks, he's the guy who talks to Giorgio. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and tells the, her about and, the. And, and at the end, he's, he's talking to the Admiral and t- giving him advice about what they should and shouldn't do. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I was ever entirely clear on what <laughs> his like what his character was or what his purpose served. I just know that the acting was all very right. good. In a well, ultimate, show with some ultimately, ultimately, I feel that acting. this is this is really this like jumped into CW territory with its you know Star Trek twenty to twenty four year olds, um, <laughs> and and you know that's fine. That's the niche is going to be in. It's I up until this point I had always felt this discovery is the flagship Trek thing that's happening, um, but you know there's we're given a lot now, and I, I worry a little yeah. bit for these other shows. But um, we got Picard, and I don't, although I don't know where they're going to go with that, uh, but Strange New Worlds is at least a hopeful thing. I, I, every single one of those cast member, members right there is interesting. It's by themselves, um, right? So you give me a show, give me a show with with you know three or four of those people right there and fill it out with anyone. And you're going to both basically have a decent show. So yeah, it's yeah. over for me. <laughs> and I, I'm fine with it. I was, I was happy with what they gave me and, and, and to wrap that up, uh, we didn't say, say enough about Doug Jones being in his human form. Uh, we, <laughs> we extolled how great he was in his prosthetic stuff, but um, he was just as good, if not better with his you know human face. Yeah. Very empathetic and understanding. He was Saru, incredibly talented veteran yes. actor. Really good, yeah. and you know, not not enough credit for the show. Him being captain was the best part of the season. Yeah, I yeah. agree, and, and I agree. he would and continue to be a, a great captain. I know that we've I know that we've said a lot of negative things about the season and the show, and what I'm going to say is not is not not negative. Mm-hmm. But I went into season three with pretty low expectations. Um, as we said several times, as I said, when we started talking about this season three, um, my favorite things aside from Saru, my favorite things about season two were 
Anson Mount and the other actors that they took to the other show, to mm-hmm. Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. And so my expectations for season three were pretty low. Um, I also thought it was incredibly bold to jump so far in the future. Like, how can that be satisfying? But also, like, you know, in some contexts, you want writers to have a little more freedom. And then in other contexts, you're like, ah, that's too much freedom. I wish somebody would put some boundaries around these guys so they don't just go crazy uh, with tech. But Star Trek has always tried to walk that line, right? You know, you bring in Q and stuff like that, and you've really got magic in your sci-fi Yeah, uh, I, I will say uh, that, thing. that it is... This discovery is not anyone's Star Trek. I mean, from from the past. It's it's nothing no. like the next generation it's, 90s shows. It's nothing like I mean, if anything it's way closer to what Star Wars is than than Star Trek ever was. It's yeah, action it's, action adventure every week type stuff. It's it's possibly less Star Trek than than Picard was. Oh, for sure. I definitely think so. I think Picard has I mean, a and, lot of cerebral just, things to it. And not just for the sake of having the actors come back. And obviously, the well, no. maybe not obviously, but the, I don't know. Is I mean, Lower it, Decks the most Star Trek, these <laughs> new Star Trek? It very well could could be. I, I anticipate Strange New World is going to be the most Star Trek. Uh, yeah, I, I would anticipate that as well. I think I think that they will run with that pretty hard and and that crew will, will pull it off. But yeah, it's it's That's my optimism. Not, I got to keep your, my... your father's or your grandfather's Star Trek. It's, it's definitely it's, the kids' Star Trek now. Yeah, it's not. It's clearly not for us. I hope. I hope <laughs> which that it's is fine. Maybe this is for just somebody. Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good fine. luck it with doesn't... your uh, your your Captain Burnham. You can have her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And her and her terrible Whiskey go line. Voice. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Anyway, goodness. Anyway, uh, we're we're running we... a little long. Right. Um, what else have we got here on the list? Well, we can we can talk uh, about something real quick. We'll spend two minutes on, but I think we always try to give things we like. But I'm going to tell you something we didn't do this week. It's right there. We played a, a game called King Arthur's Gold this week. Mm-hmm. You and I did, and I don't think we had a great experience with that. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> not not really. This is not a new game. No, it's from like 2011 or you know it, it felt from like before that 83. I don't know. <laughs> If you've ever played Starbound or Terraria, mm-hmm. it has a similar graphic style, but I think predates both of those games. So is more glitchy, less pretty, yep. and is a PvP... Um, slaughterhouse? Slaughterhouse. Um, a PvP arena, I guess is the best word. I want to say deathmatch, but you can do capture the flag, which we did, and it... Yeah. I, it felt like it took us an hour and a half probably oh, at least it felt more like, like yeah. 40 minutes but we got in this stalemate so if you've not played either of those other games uh imagine minecraft but 2d 2d sort of there's like a background layer and a foreground layer so if you've ever played whatever. the game worms maybe that kind of a thing yeah and so you have your little guy and you can harvest uh, dirt and and wood and stone and build buildings and put in doors and spikes and kind of things and you're trying to kill the other team or protect your flag and, and they and it's not like a <sighs> slow paced build your 
your base. It's like they're murdering no, you all the time. It's very, it's very frantic and hectic. And we started with you and I, our buddy Trotsky and our, and our friend Zahn. Uh, Zahn has played this a lot, but not for a number of years. Right. Uh, I played it once and didn't enjoy it and never played it again, but <laughs> it was, it was just you and I and Trotsky on, and we were looking for something to play that didn't require a big download. Yep. And this game is like 70 kilobytes or something. Right. Um, and, and we so we tried and it really and then, quickly. And then Zahn saw that we were on and we, you know, found empty servers and played just the right. four of us, which was already kind of like, I don't know. When I wasn't on Zahn's team, like Zahn would just kill me every time. And, <laughs> right. Like he's and, he's right. old and rusty at the game, but still 10 times better than the other three of us. And then because the servers are all open, we got random people joining. We're like, oh, this is crazy. Except then when the match ended we would get auto queued into another match. And eventually there was like us and at least three or four other people on oh, our team. Minimum. And an, yeah. I and an like equivalent number of like, of like seven or eight. Like, I don't think, I think I don't it was think at least it got 10 to those 10, numbers. I, was, I look at the, the scoreboard at the end. There was at least 10 on 10. There, it was yeah. pretty close to 10, 10 versus 10. Yeah. And you know, the guys on our team are complaining because we're not doing any of the right things. Like this is an old game. So the only people still playing it have been playing it for years and have some kind of metas and strategies and things like that. And we're like, no, we don't. What are you and saying? And we were just getting murdered. It's one of the, it, it was just one of those games that like it has, it feels like it has very, it, it does. It has very little options like punch, 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 right? That That's basically mm-hmm. about it. But if you're really good, you know the exact frame rate timing of punch, punch, that you can go punch, 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 which makes it a two frames faster than the other guy who just goes punch, punch. So if you can time those things just perfectly frame right, uh, you, you win, right? Like frantically. It's mm-hmm. that kind of super meta that it's there, but you have to really dive deep into that meta to really understand it. Yeah. Some people, we would yeah. see them like just murder other people. There one or two guys on the, on the screen would murder an entire team over and over and over again. And I know I couldn't, I'd walk up with him with the same class, the same thing, the same thing. And he would just wreck me with, and I'm not talking about, he's like some big role playing guy. It's just like a punch punch is all he's got. Right. Yeah. It just had the timing and the technique. It's very like, um, the combat is very like an old school fighting game. Um, where you have no like powers or gear or anything like that. You just have two buttons you can do. It's with your mouse and you know, you can run in and block just right and then hit and you're going to kill somebody, um, you know, in one hit and you respawn fast, but it just then becomes this, like, as we say, turtle fest of like, yeah, they were constantly killing us, but they couldn't make enough headway to get in and steal our flag and get away with it. And, it just yeah. went on. I, I will say it, forever. It did not. It, it 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 did not make me want to play again. I mean, I even even when we were playing just yeah. with the few of us, it felt too like I have to memorize everything. When I when we were playing with just like two on two, the game felt like oh okay, I can see how there's probably some depth to this, especially with the builder class. But mm-hmm. but you you got to know how to like you know, hotkey this thing so that, you know, the the wall versus the rock and the stone and the put it as quickly and the hot, it's just was a lot of meta. There was a lot of meta to it. And, and I, you know, obviously people like that. That's why it plays it, but it is not new newcomer friendly. 
in any way. N not, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Um, and you, it is just bashing your head. It felt like me bashing up my head against the wall for an hour and a half and with no kind of fun whatsoever. Um, and, and I say that in the nicest possible way because I know our, our buddy Zahn really enjoyed it. And he was doing really good. Uh, he was doing a really good job. He's a good teacher of games for us. I think a lot of times when we play, he mm -hmm. helps us learn some of the advanced techniques. And he did that one. Um, but yeah, it was, I would not recommend, even though it's probably only like a dollar, King Arthur's Gold, <laughs> unless you've already been play. playing it for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to skip on that one. Hold on. So. Cool, man. I think we got everything. We got a lot more to go this next week. We'll talk more about um, the stand. Uh, we skipped mm -hmm. over a week here so that we can get a couple together. Yeah, it's it's deviating just slightly from the book in episode four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not watched it yet, so I'll watch. I'm going to watch the two. Um, and this weekend, I want everybody we should watch um, WandaVision because Dennis and I are going to watch that. That Friday, mm -hmm. I think, comes out. Yep, I watched the first episode of that X Men anime that you. Oh yeah, I watched that first one. Yeah, I watched uh, three episodes of that so far. It's a little, it took me a little bit to get into because it's 2011. So yeah. the story starts with Gene and the Phoenix stuff. And I'm like, uh, right off the bat, yeah. very exhausting. And it's weird to see what are clearly Western characters, you know, right. X, you know, Western comics, X-Men, but like speaking Japanese, but they still have their same English names, Logan and Scott and right. And all of that. But I think the story seems like it's heading toward Japan, which sort of makes sense. But man, the, the um, wolf, there's a Wolverine one that came alongside that series that came out, out too. And it mm -hmm. is all Japan. It's like, sure, the character's name is Logan and he's got like claws, but it's just a Japanese show. Right? Okay. <laughs> it's like that. That's uh, I, I enjoyed, without going to mention that show, I, I, I enjoyed the, the, the Japanese uh, animation. Uh, anime of like the powers and stuff. I, I like mm. Cyclops doing a cool explosion eyeball thing is in, in anime world is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a, that's a thing. Anime does a lot. And yeah, well, it's so. pretty great. And like beast doing his cool, super heroic flips around the world and stuff. Like it's makes no sense with real like cartoon things, but in an anime, it's fantastic. So mm -hmm. I I th I th I liked the that anime aspect of it, but you're right the that juxtaposition of the West and East is definitely there. It's weird that you see it so much, cause, but it's true. You're, you're, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I'll keep watch watching that Clone it. Wars just, thing that 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 movie I have a which lot I was happy to. about. Mm -hmm. That you had watched last week. So I watched. Yeah, I watched a couple of episodes. The list had me start with uh, season three, episode one, which is the backstory for. Um. Oh, heavy and uh, like in the first episode of the show, half of them get killed, which I did yeah. not realize. Right. But it's them. The episode is called Clone Cadets, yeah. and they are Echo Squad at the clone training uh, school with General. She's a Jedi that looks like Ahsoka Tano, but is taller. Hmm. Is it Ali, Adi Galia or Aya Sakura? Uh, neither of those sound right. Neither of those two. Um, she's, she's not very tall, but has a similar, like, some kind of alien look. Like Yeah, uh, she wears, like, a brown robe, right? 
Maybe. I, mean, I, got her, I got her picture in my mind. Um. Anyway, yeah. she's there training these clones, which yeah. is a weird thing, whatever. Um, and she has a couple of uh, mercenary bounty hunters that are supposed to be training them. And this squad, like, never works. Uh, one of the guys is called Threes. One of them is called threes. Echo. Yeah. Um, one of them, they're... Oh, no, not threes. Fives. Fives. Fives, yeah. That's it. Um and just sort of their thing and there's like a guy there's a there's a um i don't know a clone that c- came out of the tube messed up who's just <laughs> a like janitor clone right, right. um <laughs> funny <laughs> and so you get the backstory <laughs> the, for them the rejects you get the backstory for them and then the show starts um with the first it's like i don't know if it even started with the first episode it might have skipped to like five um oh yeah i, yeah, I like five i like and, this this short abbreviated clone wars list you have here this is like i said i watched yeah, the, it the se- movie and it I thought, seems oh, yeah, to this, be this just works. focusing on the more interesting more relevant parts of the story yeah this feels like i said i watched the movie and then i looked forward to the couple and i was like oh yeah this makes sense i haven't seen all these but i know that they have something something further on down, so I'd like to know what happened at the beginning with them. So, mm-hmm. sure. When I, as I'm going to watch, the, go through them. I think it's going to be nice to skip all the crappy ones. No Jar Jar <laughs> episodes, yay! Oh, I didn't even know there were Jar Jar. Now season one, that was when Disney was telling them, right? We it's a kids show. Cartoons are for kids. Yeah, yeah. So, so there was Jar Jar episodes, and there was C3PO and R2D2 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. R2 is in uh is in the movie. Or not Disney. It was uh Lucas. Lucas. At, yeah, at the time. It's for kids. Star Wars is for kids. You know, for kids. For kids. <laughs> okay, man, right. cool. Yeah, I think we we'll, got it. Yeah, yeah. We'll have that Saved um, all those lives this week. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we'll save that for next time. Yeah. All right, you've been listening to the Front Porch this episode uh 177. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Um, if you have questions, comments, I don't know what you had questions, comments on, but if you have feedback or suggestions for things we should watch on Netflix or Prime or whatever, I watched the first episode of a show called Bridgerton, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. which is a, a period drama that seems like it's going to be a little bit trashy, okay. racy. I don't yeah. know what adjective to throw in there. Uh, maybe we'll check that out at some point. Oh, I anyway, did watch that. Can... I did watch that Queen show. We were talking about what was it? The The Crown. The Queen's watched, Gambit. Oh, I watched the Crown. three episodes of that, and it was exactly what I thought it was. I mean, it's it is what I thought it was, and it, like that mm-hmm. makes me feel good because I mean, like what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, so it's we talked uh, about that last week. Th- that w- that one's tricky because a lot of those quote unquote characters are still alive they're very real right queen elizabeth is still alive and i google these people afterwards i'm like oh yeah it's wild to me that she's been the queen through so much yeah of of our world's history in the last whatever like 70 years or something yeah yeah um yeah that's a good show i watch it with my family um what was i saying uh you can email (laughs) us the uh email address is front porch pod all one word at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. That's where we have show notes and contact forms. You can 
leave comments on the episodes, I think, if you want. If we get our facts wrong or mispronounce somebody's name, uh, feel free to do that. Uh, if you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. We'll see you next time.